Good morning, Fullerton. Here are your headlines for the last week of May 2022. Number one, county releases 2022 homeless count numbers. The County of Orange released the results of the 2022 point-in-time count on May 11. A total of 5,718 persons experiencing homelessness were counted. This is a 16.5% reduction from the last point-in-time count, which was conducted in 2019. Of the total counted, 2,661 were living in some kind of shelter, while 3,057 persons were unsheltered. Fullerton had a total of 272 homeless or unhoused persons, with 70 sheltered and 202 unsheltered. This is a decline of 42.49% from 2019. Number 2. OC United opens Gilbert Community Center. Local nonprofit OC United celebrated the grand opening of their facility at the Gilbert Community Center on Saturday, May 14. OC United is leasing the city-owned building to offer community programs. Area teens and their families were invited for a dinner and an assortment of games all put together by the teens themselves. Sporting a new paint job and a new look, the new center is run by the community development manager Gabby Garcia and Celeb Parker, the program director of United for Kids and Teens. The center will become a focal point for the community. Number 3. Library Updates the library is proceeding with plans to rehire the staff needed to restore library hours to pre-pandemic levels. Whereas the library once opened its door to the public 62 hours each week, the number is now at 36 hours. Currently, the library has six vacant positions, and even under the proposed budget for 2022 to 2023, it will only have 20.8 full-time positions. It is currently in the hiring process for a children's division manager and an adult division manager. The library has released a new Grogu, also known as Baby Yoda, themed card to celebrate its Star Wars-themed summer programming, which is now available. Number 4. League of Women Voters hosts DA Candidate Forum The League of Women Voters of North Orange County, a nonpartisan political organization that encourages voter participation, conducted a candidate forum for the Orange County District Attorney candidates on May 10. This forum took place entirely over Zoom, was live-streamed on Facebook, and has been uploaded to the league's YouTube channel. Only three of the four candidates participated in the forum, the incumbent Todd Spitzer was absent. Spitzer sent opening remarks which were read out by the forum moderator. There will not be any more candidate forums for the DA race. Elections are on June 7th. Mail-in ballots have already been mailed out. Number 5. Neighbors turn out for Love Buena Park Surf Day. Following the popular Love Fulton event, the observer decided to cover what our neighbors were doing with their Love Buena Park event on Saturday, May 14. In all, they had volunteers spread out across the city to 12 locations. These included the Moose Lodge and Knott Avenue, Community Gardens, Whittaker School, and the Singer Center, where volunteers installed mulch beds and created greeting cards. Volunteers also painted addresses on the curb for the fire department, did cleanup on Beach and Orangethorpe streets, planted trees at Peak Park, labeled backpacks, and sorted food distribution at Giving Children Hope. Alrighty, Fullertonians, that is it for this week's headlines. Next, we have an interview with our education correspondent at the Fulton Observer, Vivian Moreno. In this interview, we will be covering the Board of Education elections, everything you need to know about the candidates, as well as the issues. The interview is also available on YouTube if you prefer watching the video version. So today on the Observing Fulton podcast, we have Vivian Moreno with us, our educational correspondent at the Fulton Observer paper. We're going to be covering the Board of Education elections today, um, which positions are up for uh, which positions are up for elections, um, what are the offices supposed to be like, who are the candidates running, what's the ideological divide, as well as what are the major issues at stake. So if you want to learn more about that, just stay tuned. So hi, Vivian. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Saroosh. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's get right into it. So 
we have elections coming up mail-in ballots are already out yes people, need, Yay. people are starting to do their research right? right board of education is one of those offices that i personally think to be a little more on the confusing end i agree um, <laughs> which is why we're gonna just talk about it today and and try to figure out what positions are which and which candidates are running for what so let's start with the position so what are we voting for okay so there's two positions open right now for the board of education for the county what is the board of education okay so in california there are county boards of education that were created because there's over a thousand individual public school districts mm -hmm. and the county board of education has a, a county area that receives all state monies for education, millions and millions of dollars, and they allocate the money correctly to each individual district within their county area. Okay. They also take care of federal funds, so Title Three, Title One, Title, you know, all the special allocations. And so they bring all that money into the county and then they distribute it correctly according to the local control funding formula and the different federal funds, um, and they allocate the to the, each of the individual district correctly now the county some superintendents that's the superintendent's job right. basically and and the resources there to oversee the superintendent because not all superintendents of counties um, are elected ours is we're lucky right. they most counties have created county boards of education their trustees anywhere from five to seven uh, to seven people depending on population and size um, that oversees the superintendent to make sure that the funds are being allocated. So in Orange County, we have two voices in the allocation of money. Mm -hmm. One is the election of the superintendent, and he has, a, or they have a different responsibility, I'll get into that in a second. And then the board. The board here in Orange County um, oversees the superintendent's overall budget. They don't line on a veto. They, they just make sure that the monies are getting to the right districts in the right amount, okay. okay? The other things that the County Board of Education also is, it's a board of appeal, mm -hmm. which means that if something is settled in your district, your local district, and you don't feel that they have all the information or it's not right, for an inter-district transfer, if you want mm -hmm. a student to go to, like we live in Fullerton, but I wanted my child to go to Anaheim, mm -hmm. and that was denied, I could go to them and appeal okay. that. The one other thing that they can do is they can listen to charter schools have an appeal, because mm -hmm. each individual district right now can deny a charter school establishment. Okay. And that's the other thing. Right. They also are in charge of a group of students that attend access. These are students who have been expelled from schools, mm -hmm. um, who are also, um, they also have special education um, classes for children who need very, very intensive needs, special, they have special challenges. Um, our school district doesn't send hardly anyone to access because number one, we don't expel very many students at all. Mm -hmm. And number two, we have our continuation and alternative programs that, yeah. that can accommodate many, many children with all kinds of different needs. Mm -hmm. So that's quite a lot that the Board of Education does, right? Yes and no. I mean, if you really, I'm, I'm outlining pretty much everything, but that's it. You didn't that's hear it. anything about curriculum. You heard nothing about health mandates. You heard absolutely nothing considering the individual district, school districts' rights to 
choose um, graduation you know, requirements, nothing there. They don't have any control over that. Right. It's not their realm. Okay, so that's a very clear distinction we need to have, right? Yes. So in this election, what positions are up for grabs? Okay, so the superintendent is up for grabs. Mm -hmm. Alma, Dr. Alma Harris has been the um, current superintendent for, well, gosh, at least 12 years. Um, so he's up for election. He's actually running against someone for the first time. It's such a, um, it's usually such an under the radar kind of position that he doesn't get people to run against him. Someone is running, uh, I believe his name is Stephen Bean. And um, the he's, he's a charter school area superintendent from he lives here in Orange County. He has to, otherwise he couldn't run for this position. Mm -hmm. But he has run a um, charter school area called Aspires Public Schools in LA. That's okay. where they are. Um, and you know, one of the things I want to point out is when voters are um, doing research on this area, when they read any candidate who is saying they want to empower parents' voices, that's usually, I'll be real clear, that is usually a dog whistle for charter schools. Okay. So that's a superintendent position. That's a superintendent position. Mm -hmm. Dr. Maharis, we need to remember, he may not make everybody happy, but he is very much able to navigate through very, very changing times for our school systems. He has uh, implemented um, the local control you know, funding formula, which completely radically changed the way schools were funded. Mm -hmm. He um, has accepted the local control accountability plans, the LCAPs. He, they oversee and approve all of them for every one of the districts, the 28 districts in Orange County. He has allocated money correctly in good times and bad. He's, you know, through recession and um, post-bankruptcy and, mm -hmm. you know, and re, you know, refilling coffers. And now with all of this tremendous profits, he's, um, so he's chartered through quite a few different financial issues. Um, and he has changed, you know, lots of issues. So right. to keep in mind that, that he's kept it going smoothly, that we could focus on other things, it's, and deal with some of the other political stuff that's going on, it's okay. something to keep in mind. Okay, and what about the other candidate? The other candidate I was unable to find too much about. I did some research. Um, you know, the charter schools in LA have a very um, patchwork um, uh, history. Um, the Bottom line is, is that Orange County doesn't do a lot of charter schools because our school districts have a lot of parent involvement. Right. They ha offer many, many different programs to attract, a, you know, to accommodate a lot of student needs and mm -hmm. parent needs. Um, and they, they're very flexible. So like when parents rise up to say, we want something hybrid, we want more options in arts, they have been able to accommodate. We have a few very high profile charter schools in Orange County. Uh, Orange County School of the Arts is one of them. Um, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong. The charter schools are fine. Mm -hmm. Data shows overall, they have a track record on testing and graduation um, very similar to right. public schools, regular public schools. So okay. there's, you know, there's good and bad. <clears throat> if, a, if you find a charter school that really fits your child, then by all means. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I, there's pros and cons. 
Right. So for the people who are watching who don't really know, what mm -hmm. is the main difference between charter and public? Okay, so charter schools. Mm -hmm. Charter schools, the, the main difference that you're going to find that are brought up all the time, is the teachers are not unionized. Okay. And so they feel that they have more uh, flexibility with hiring and firing. Okay. You know, and that's a that's a two edged sword. Um, the unions are there for a lot of reasons. My husband's a teacher, so I need to kind of step back. Yeah. Thank goodness the union was there at one point and other times, you know, it's been kind of, you know, it, it's it's just there for it's another protection. Right. Um, the big difference is that we have community elected school boards, local elected school boards in our schools. That means we get to have a voice in what these school boards are doing. Charter schools, you don't. Right. They're not elected. It's mm -hmm. just, they're appointed. And they oversee it well or they don't. And you don't have any say in it. Okay. Also, the charter school isn't answerable to the community about anything <clears throat> that's going on there. And charter schools can accept and release children at will. So let me give you an example. By the way, public schools cannot. Right. If you live in a district of a public school system, they need to be able to get you into that public school system or one of a, that is the same kind of accommodation and provide transportation if it's too far for you, mm -hmm. if, that's, if that's the case. That's a yeah. public school. It doesn't matter what your needs are. Mm -hmm. Charter school does not have that. They will push back on that a little bit, but that's the real reality. Okay. And one thing that about charter schools that I do have an issue with, and I think that if this was in law, I would be more supportive of them, is that once they accept a child after the grade six, you know, grade six, seven kind of thing, mm -hmm. that they keep that child until they graduate. They do not have to do that. So if they release a child in 10th grade that it's not a good fit, you know, at the end of 10th grade because of whatever reason. Mm -hmm. That child goes into the public school system. A child is probably not achieving scholastic competence. You know, they're probably not, not passing their classes. And therefore, the public school system inherits a child that has learning issues, uh, possibly classroom management issues, mm -hmm. behavioral problems. You know, there's a lot of things. And there's a lot of funds that have to go into that child. And that child may be too far gone to actually be able to graduate. So the, the graduation rates drop for the public school that, ha that takes that child in, but mm -hmm. it doesn't affect the charter school that did the, edu the basic foundation education. Okay. And that's the reality. Mm -hmm. So any you know, parents with children with special needs are you know, in that, I'm a, I'm a parent in that community, and it's pretty well known that there's a lot of charter schools you just steer away from because they're not going to provide the accommodations for your child. So that's kind of the main difference. And we will come back to charter uh, versus public. Mm -hmm. um, but now let's go to the other, uh, apart from superintendent, what mm -hmm. options are up for? Uh, the board. So we have, we have um, there's three positions. There should be only two. But in our particular case, um, our area four position, just like every other um, local election in the last 10 years, um, they have become districted, which means that uh, people have more, a, a smaller locality has a bigger voice in a say that, that affects them in, in the community or the county. And in this case, we are in District 4. Okay. So District 4 is having a special election mm -hmm. for our board member. It's going to only be for two years. 
and it is to determine who will represent us because our incumbent has had extensive legal issues mm -hmm. considering this position. Okay. okay. <laughs> and I guess we might as well get into right. Mr. Shaw right now. Um, so um, our incumbent right now is Mr. Tim Shaw. Mr. Mm -hmm. Tim Shaw um, has been, was prior, was on the La Habra City Council when he won the position in 2020. He ran for um, Orange County Supervisor in 2018 also. So I think he would have had issues no matter what new position he got. Um, mm -hmm. He lost in 2018. Um, in 2020, he won the Orange County Department of Ed board position. Mm -hmm. um, pretty quickly after that, there were um, uh, talk about possible conflict of interest for him to be on the Board of Education for the County of Orange County and also the La Habra City Council. And let me point out here, he won with only 33% of the vote, if I'm remembering correctly. Right. So this is the thing about these positions. You do not need a majority. It's not 50 plus one. It's nothing. Mm -hmm. It's just whoever gets the most votes because it's not very well known. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's so anyway, that's just the, that's the bottom yeah. line. Okay. So whoever gets the most in their pot, they win. They win. So please continue. Yes. Um, and he is... Um, so Tim Shaw is uh, obvious. It's a nonpartisan position. However, his biggest funder is a guy named Mark Boucher. Boucher or Butcher? Butcher. Butcher. I'm Mark Butcher. He's from the California Policy Center. It's, okay, so he's he's Republican backed from um, a California Policy Center, um, which is a Republican um, uh, think tank, uh, charter school, PAC, and California realtor. Um, he he does. Um, he talks a lot about parent rights, and he is—he does support charter schools. Got okay? it. So that—that's the incumbent. That's the incumbent. in legal issues. Yes. Who's running against him, Shaw? Who's running against him is Paulette Chafee. Um, she's backed in in a more progressive um, backs, but she's also self-financed. Um, Paulette has a. a, a Mixed past also, we'll mm -hmm. bring it right out there. Um, she ran for um, Fullerton City Council mm -hmm. um, in 2020 and um, was uh, found uh, ripping down signs for other candidates, which is not a good thing. She mm -hmm. um, served her time. She served community service for that. Mm -hmm. um, so she she's now running again for Orange County Board of Education. Um, she is a school teacher and, and works with her husband, um, Doug Chafee. So, I mean, there's definitely, she's, she's, in, she's been in politics in Orange County for a long time. Okay. Um, her, um, her main points are children bringing the um, funding for the Orange County Board of Ed into the classroom and making sure that all the kids get that. Right. She's not a huge proponent of charters. However, she's not against charters either. Okay. Um, she's really focused on mental health and social emotional learning for children. Okay. And um, she did bring up the frivolous, the taxpayer money on frivolous lawsuits. Got it. So that's the special elections for District 4. Yes. Right? Well, wait a minute. There's two others yeah, real right, quick. Two others. Okay. One of them is David M. Choi. He's an accountant. Mm -hmm. And he was asked by his community to run. He is very much uh, emphasized uh, parent choice. 
Um, he wants all children to get a good education. He's pro-charter. Um, he is against ethnic studies. He believes that because people are immigrating here that we are creating one big um, culture in itself. He's very strong on family and, and religious foundations. And then Elisa Kim is probably the most, he, David M. Choi is showing up to some of the candidate um, uh, forums. Elisa Kim, I have not been able to um, see any kind of personal um, mm -hmm. showing. Um, she's a business owner, uh, again, a uh, child of immigrants. Um, she went to UCLA. She also went back to Seoul National University, highly mm -hmm. educated. Yeah. Um, and she, her one statement is about diversity, equity, and high education for children. OK, so remind me again of how many positions do we have? Open. We just have, one we have for, our, for our area. Yeah, one position. Right. And four candidates. There's four candidates. Including the incumbent. And Got whoever it. gets the most votes in their pot wins. Right. So it doesn't even have to be majority. No. So this is really high stakes here. It is. It is, it is high stakes to at least know what you're voting for. Exactly. Um, so thank you for explaining what offices and what positions are open. Now I want to get into what are the largest issues that are dividing them, which there are a lot. <laughs> so, you know, we, we know that this is supposed to be nonpartisan office, but as you've mentioned, yeah. there is a big ideological divide here yep. between the incumbents and between the challengers. So there's we've already talked a little bit about charter schools, but we can get back into it. We mm -hmm. I think we should also touch on the lawsuits and then critical race theory. Okay, so there's uh, two areas of lawsuits. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, one of them focuses on our district. Um, so. Tim Shaw has his own lawsuits that he's gone through. And then as a whole, I'm sure most people in some way or another are aware that the Orange County Board of Education has sued the state at least twice, maybe three times, mm -hmm. uh, concerning mask mandates, school closures, um, critical, you know, they're, they're building up to a critical race theory. Um, there's a couple things going on here. So where would you, would so you, would you like to Before we get up? into <laughs> anything, I, I would like you to define critical race theory, where it is actually taught, and what is the argument being, because I think that I, is something, Okay, okay, you know. so, well, there's a lot of, okay. Critical race theory mm -hmm. is something that is taught in law school. It's graduate mm -hmm. school level course, and it is taught in a very specific class, it's not all law. Not all law students will even receive this. Mm -hmm. Ethnic studies is what we're talking about because California, they actually passed a law mm -hmm. to include ethnic studies in the high school curriculum. Right. Very different two things. We can. Do you want me to delve into what critical race theory is, or or I don't really want to go into it too much, to be honest. Sure, because that's not what we're talking about no, here, anyways. No, ethnic it's, studies right. is, is very different. Ethnic studies has now. There's a lot of flexibility for individual districts. The one thing they're not flexible about is that for the graduating class of 2029, they must in their transcript have one semester of ethnic studies mm -hmm. in according to their that the basic outline it's very flexible after that mm -hmm. <laughs> okay yeah. that means that all districts should be working all individual those 28 in our county mm -hmm. not the one the orange county board of education has very little to do with this all they okay. are there for as a resource 
and I'm not talking about the board. I'm not talking about the trustees anymore. I'm talking about the people that the superintendent oversees. Okay. Those are resources for all of our districts. They have legal resources. They have curriculum resources. They have. Um, they go to them for serve. You know, for translations for all kinds of different things. Okay. The board has no say over these people. They're actually very wonderful professional people who mm -hmm. are nonpartisan. Mm-hmm. Ethnic studies can be a, any of a multitude of things in the state standard. If you are truly interested in ethnic studies in your local school district, mm -hmm. go to a, the assistant superintendent of education and ask to see what their group of teachers is coming up with. And right. they will share with you what the curriculum is. In Fullerton right now, um, it's a group of teachers who have come together and, and talked to parents, they've talked to um, administrative, they've talked to community, and they've come up with a really interesting one-year course now that they're mm -hmm. going to um, launch next year. Okay. And if your students are interested in um, doing it, they just need to talk to their counselor still. So. That's that's so the that's bottom. what ethnic studies is. That's correct. ethnic studies. It's very very fascinating. It's really yeah. fun. It's 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 a lot more fun than computer um, science that the kids used to have to take. So I will be honest with you. Yeah. There are a lot of graduation requirements that aren't really fun to take. This one sounds exactly. like it's gonna be fun. Okay, so that is a point of debate, right? That is a point of debate, but it shouldn't be a point of debate with a group of people who have absolutely no say in it. Right. <laughs> okay, right. I, I'm going to be honest about yeah. that. That this is not their place to debate. The place to debate it is in your local school board meetings. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to debate it, find out what it is because each school board has a different curriculum that they're creating. Right. So it's a useless debate to be have in board of elections, but it's still happening. It's with yeah. the name of CRT. And it's also a useless it, you're <laughs> As a parent, if you, you know, I understand the concern and I think it's wonderful actually, but don't, don't read an article about the Placentia Yorba Linda um, ethnic studies curriculum or the Orange um, school, school District's curriculum and then come to Fullerton and have a debate about it because that's not that curriculum. Each right. one's different. I couldn't go to Orange and debate about Fullerton. It, it, right. It's unique. Go do your homework. It's great. It's easy to do. So where do people do their homework then? Call the assistant superintendent of education. Mm -hmm. And um, in Fullerton, in, if you're a Fullerton Joint Union High School District, go back to the minutes of the agenda. And there's a presentation from um, two meetings ago, okay. April, the April um, board meeting. They had so a presentation. They have that. So that's yep. where people can find this curriculum. Yep. And if they do want to debate it, they can debate and I wrote, it. But, and I wrote know. about it. You can look on my article. <laughs> there we go. OK, so we can definitely do a search yep. on Fulton Observer and find Vivian's article on it. So that's critical race theory, which is not critical race theory. It's ethnic has studies. Not, right. has nothing to do with those elections, but I think it still had to be discussed. Yeah, no problem. So let's talk a little bit about charter schools now. That's also, we already talked about what the main difference is. Mm -hmm. Now, what is the debate about here? OK, well. The debate is is to bring charter schools into the district. There's a couple of rules that um, that really uh, guide whether charter schools can come into a district or not. Okay. Number one, an individual school has to have a need. So their test scores have to be over a certain number of years very poor. Mm -hmm. They can't be showing any growth. 
um, parents are gotten you know need to get together and ask for a charter school okay okay there are some things they have to click off it's hard to get into Orange County school systems because a lot of our schools are always trying to improve mm -hmm. and our parents are very vocal and very involved so why would they bring in another school school yeah. when you already have a voice um, I am going to mention something I learned yesterday as I was kind of, I was doing a little background work on this. Mm -hmm. Charter schools, we hear a lot about California's declining enrollment, which is not, it's acerbated by the pandemic, but it was happening a couple of years prior to that. So they went down in population, 2.9%, not as much as the public school system mm -hmm. in LA uh, by a, a long shot, but mm -hmm. still they're a business. They're a nonprofit business, but they're a business. When your yeah. business goes down, you start to expand. That's the bottom line. Right. So we need to keep that in mind, whether people want to say that or not, or whether all their good intentions. Parents have a lot of voice in your public school system. You elect that local board. You elect your districted person. They're going to take your call okay. in your local school board. That's public school. It is important because board. our local school boards, our Orange County Board of Education board, the, the, the trustees there, no control over our, our curriculum. None. No control over the books our children read and the subjects they cover. None. <laughs> our local school boards, everything. Mm -hmm. They can cut things down in a moment, okay? They approve every curriculum. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we have a lot of say. I don't want to give that up. I didn't want to give that up when I was having a kid through, um, you know, grade K through 12. Now I want to get into the most complicated issue of all of this. <laughs> sure. The lawsuits. Okay, take a deep breath. <laughs> um, the overarching lawsuits, they've won one. And that lawsuit that the trustees of the Board of Education won is that the taxpayers of Orange County must pay for their lawyers. And their lawyers used to be the Orange County Department of Ed lawyers, because mm -hmm. everybody needs, you know, you need lawyers. Right. They didn't want those lawyers because some of the lawsuits they were bringing were against the Orange County Department of Ed superintendent. They wanted their own lawyers. And so they took it to court and they won. So now we pay for the Orange County Department of Ed lawyers because we always paid for them. Mm -hmm. And now we also pay for the Orange County Board of Education lawyers. So now we have a group of five people and it's majority vote and it's usually four to one. I'll be mm -hmm. very clear on that. Um, <clears throat> but our representative right now is part of the four that is bringing some of these lawsuits. And they estimate, I, you know, you can't nail it down because some of this is, is very, it's hidden in closed session and things. Mm -hmm. But it's estimated about $7 million in lawsuits that has not gone to uh, the Board of Education Resources, into our school districts, into Access Children. It's gone. It's in lawyers' pockets now because... Right. Of this law of these lawsuits, so one was on mass mandates, one was on school closure, one was um, to get their own lawyer. Um, one is ongoing because they're appealing back and forth. Um, they 
denied the um, budget for the Orange County Board of the Department of Ed. Mm-hmm. Well, remember in the very beginning, I said, where all where did all the money go? Where does all the state money and all the fi- federal money go? It goes yeah. in the Orange County Department of Ed. Okay. So all the lawsuits or most of the lawsuits are essentially not even in their purview, yet they're suing over it and wasting taxpayer money. Yes. Did I summarize it correctly? Yes, you did. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but why has the Board of Education been doing this when they don't? Well, did you ever hear about the Board of Education before these lawsuits? Not really, to be honest no, with No, no, you didn't. No. Because yeah, so it really kind of flew under the radar. Not, not everybody wants to hear about, oh, I sit on a board for $562.61 a month, and I get full medical benefit options mm-hmm. from like any other Orange County Department of Ed mm-hmm. employee. So if you've ever worked in the education world, you know that medical benefits are the bonus. Right. They have options for all of that. Mm-hmm. And for that, I make sure that the money is dispersed correctly and that people who want inter-district transfers can get it. No, you don't hear about them then. Right, right. But now you do. Yeah, now they're everywhere. Yeah, you really hear about them all the time, about their forums on sex ed and on critical race theory and all this yeah now i want to get very specifically uh now i want to talk very specifically about one person tim shaw has been on and off the board for mm-hmm. various reasons um these lawsuits are a part of those reasons as well could you briefly explain what has happened okay so when he won his seat in 2020 um he like i said he was still currently a la Habra council member um he he had the lawsuit brought against him by the way there is another board member who is also uh, on a council and probably will face this conflict of interest in the future. Okay. Um, he resigned from the La Habra um, City Council. He was willing to resign one of the positions because that was that that was the deal to, to prevent the conflict of interest. However, he couldn't resign the La Habra City Council seat. According to the government law, you resign the latest a position you won. So he was already a sitting council member. He won the Orange County Department of Ed trustee position. He had to resign the trustee position first. He had to resign that one. So he did that because that was the the office he won most recently. Then he resigned from the Harbor City Council. Okay. In January, that was all last November, October, November, early December, that area. Mm The Board of Education um, position came up for a reappointment where the other trustees could reappoint a person, any person they wanted. In January, Tim Shaw was reappointed on the um, board. Okay. There is also another government rule that says you can't be reappointed to a board, a, a position that you have resigned within a year of, res- of the resignation. Right. So how long is it been since he resigned? Well, it was two months. Two months. Okay. <laughs> so, so they got called on that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're lawyers. Anyway, um, they, they got called on that. It went before a judge. A judge decided that, hey, we're having an election. Two of your other board members are up for re-election. For the remaining two years of, of this cycle, you will have a special election. Whoever the voters decide Mm -hmm. to keep this position, they will make the call. So Mm -hmm. if you win, you will, you will serve out your, you know, the final two two years. 
Got it. So that is what has been going on. Right. So he just put everything, the judge put everything on hold. Okay. You know, until this election. So that's why we're, we're in the mess we're in right now. All right. So we've talked a lot about <laughs> all the candidates and a lot of the major issues that are dividing everyone. What are the implications of this election, which whichever slate wins, um, for that you think are going to be very visible in the next school year or so? Okay, so the bottom line right now mm-hmm. is the fact that Dr. Meharis has been in the superintendent position, and he is more moderate than others. He's not anti-charter. Obviously, we have charter schools in Orange County, mm-hmm. but he's not promoting them. And because of these reasons and his ability to um, understand ed ed law Mm -hmm. and the changes, for the most part, if we're not on on YouTube or, or, you know, the viral video kind of thing, in our own lives, with our own children going to their schools and their school districts, we haven't felt very different. Mm -hmm. The school districts have been able to tap Orange County Department of Ed for professional development, for law, you know, help in the yeah. legal system, to get their LCAPs approved easily, to get uh, all the resources that Orange County Department of Ed, and there's some really cool ones too, by the way. They yeah. do gifted programs and history programs. They have been running pretty smoothly. Everything's gone pretty well. Um, the board has had its own issues. That's fine. Dr. Maharis is fighting the things that he needs to fight on that end. But it's been kept away from our children. Right. If, and and to be honest, with the, the board the way it is, that, that, that should continue. However, if the superintendent is also of a bent that wants to bring in additional charter schools, which, although Stephen Bean has not said anything, um, obviously, coming from a charter school, you can only infer, you know, who knows? It's yeah. going to be pro. Then we need to really be careful because, remember, all that money goes into them to be dispersed accordingly. Right. Are our resources going to be the same for our school districts, our public school districts? Are they going to be able to call the, the Orange County Department of Ed for interpretation? You know, we need to be careful of that. There's nothing wrong with improving our children's education, but the latest survey that came out, although overall parents will feel that public education as a whole is not the greatest, but when it comes down to it and they ask parents, how your child goes to a public school? Yes, how do you feel about it? Oh, there was a magnificent, it was great, it was the best. What we feel in our hearts for our children is where we need to kind of think about. in Fullerton, just specifically locally, our our high school, the the numbers were better on testing. I mean, there's only so much data we have, but our actually our teachers were <laughs> there was no other way to say it. They were amazing, and our parents were amazing to help the kids at home. But our test scores from last year rose, math mm-hmm. rose. I, it's great (laughs) during the pandemic during the pandemic yes it went up which meant that everybody worked as a team Mm -hmm. so we want to make sure that the districts have the resources they need our parents can speak to people that will really listen to them and that we can get our kids to be successful i mean that's the bottom line i mean that's what i want that's what everybody i know wants so so we need so it is it's important that we have someone there to support both sides Mm -hmm. you know and well, you know, not 
not supporting something that sounds great, maybe, in, on paper, but has absolutely no track record. So thank you so much for explaining <laughs> all of this for us. I really think the viewers will appreciate it because it is something that now gets more attention, but we really needed a full balanced view of everything that's happening. So I hope this serves as a good resource for everyone who's watching and doing their research on how to vote in these elections. And I hope everyone can get out there and vote and do their research prob probably properly. What are some more resources that people can look at in terms of candidates or statements? Um, the candidates, you know, the uh, OC vote is a, is a good one because everybody had to turn something in, even if it was too late for the pamphlet to come out. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, to do the um, the ballopedia, those those are those are all good starts, yeah. You know, and then of course googling the names and, and getting backgrounds and that kind of stuff. Um, there is a um, the forum on the candidates that uh, Paulette Chafee and um, David M. Choi was on. That one you can find through the um, North Orange County Women League of Voters. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they hosted that um, with 4th District PTA. So right. they have a link to that. So that is available for That's available. to watch for two of the candidates. Yeah, and okay. then anything, if anybody had any, wanted a little bit more background on charter school, EdSource. They're very even keeled on things. Mm -hmm. like, so it's really kind of cool on that. And you also have plenty of articles covering the I have a lot of articles and I am, if you you know, I'm happy to engage in polite and um, intelligent discussion. Right. Anytime. <laughs> so people can reach you through that. Absolutely. As well. Absolutely. Alrighty, perfect. So that is it for today's interview. Thank you so much, Vivian, and we Thanks, hope to Arush. see you again sometime soon. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Alrighty. Okay, that is the end of today's podcast. Fulletonians, thank you for listening. Be sure to follow the Fulton Observer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to keep up with the latest Fulton news. Full-length stories of all our headlines are available on the Fulton Observer website, or you can subscribe to the print edition that gets mailed to your home every two weeks. You can also donate to support local journalism on our website. If you wish to sponsor this podcast, please email ads at fultonobserver.com. It's ads at fultonobserver.com. The journalists behind our headline stories are Jesse Latour, Jerry Green, Arush Navid, and Lance Langdon. Special thanks to Vivian Moreno for the interview. Adrian Mesa and Jackson Henry are our editors. Bianca Bravo handles communications. And I'm Arush Navid, your host.